Well, good morning once again, uh, CBC family, and good morning to you who are joining us um, uh, from different places. May God bless you this morning as you hear his word. Uh, may God use his word to comfort you and to encourage you um, in his grace. We have been again on, on lockdown um, and uh, for for this past um, Sunday, we we were also live um, broadcasting live here on Facebook, and even today we are still doing that. And I do hope that you are um, doing well, that uh, you are keeping strong in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. Um, this morning we'll still go through God's word. I want to take you to John chapter fourteen verse 1 to 14 John chapter 14 verse 1 to 14 and the title for the sermon this morning um, the title for the sermon this morning is hope for troubled hearts hope for troubled hearts let us take this time and bow um, before the Lord in prayer our dear heavenly father our Lord and God we want to thank you for your word that is sharper than any double-edged sword. Your word that pierces to the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. Your word that searches our hearts. And nothing, Lord, can be hidden from your word. We, we pray that you will search us and know us. You will speak to us clearly from your word. That our hearts will be responsive to your truth that our minds will understand, that our will will be bent to your will. Father, help us. Help us know you. Help us love you. Help us glorify you with our lives. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray this. Amen. Uh, Today I want to address a difficulty as we... Uh, experiencing and feeling I think as a church when you consider the year that is past 2020 it has been hard it has been a hard year for us it is the testimony of every individual that 2020 was a hard year we were isolated our loved ones some of them died jobs were lost relationships broken Our church is facing a lot of difficulty. And we are not sure when or if it's going to end, even as we look forward to this year. Now, now the question is, how do we respond? Today, I want us to consider what um, what God's call for his people in difficulty looks like. We are going to look at... John chapter 14, verse 1 to 14. So so let's begin with setting the stage or um, looking at the setting of um, John chapter 14. There, the the, the current situation is reflected in what the disciples are facing. The disciples are facing pain. The the pain we see is with discipleship failure. In John chapter 13, Jesus predicts the pain of Jesus' failure. Of Judas's failure, he he just left the the Last Supper. Judas will lead the 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 the, the, the religious leaders to arrest Jesus. 
and he will betray Jesus. We'll see Judas' failure. Jesus predicts Peter's failure as well in John chapter 13. Bold Peter will deny Jesus. Not just once, but Peter will fail three times. We'll see Peter's failure as well. The disciples are also facing Jesus' absence. In John chapter 13, Jesus said he's departing. Jesus is going. Jesus is leaving. And they can't follow him. That there's pain, there's the pain of Jesus' departure here. In their pain, how do they respond to Jesus' absence? In the difficulty, how should we respond? Or how should they respond when they consider the departure of Jesus? Their pain and Jesus' absence is paralleled with our own lives. Like the disciples, we live in pain. We experience loss, fear, and confusion. And we, we wrestle with Jesus' lack of presence. We, we wonder where Jesus is. An example of our pain is what we've lost, is that we've lost loved ones. And we feel the pain of their loss. Their bed is made, but their bed is empty. Their clothes smell of them but no one wears them. The, the things they loved surround us, but no one uses them. We, we, we call their phone to hear their voice, but no one answers. We go to their house thinking we'll see them, but no one is home. No one is home. With, with COVID-19, some of us couldn't even say goodbye. You see, loss is, isn't the only difficulty we experience. There are countless other difficulties that we are experiencing. There's unemployment in a devastated economy. There's the loneliness each of us feel. There's our own depression and anxiety. And to add to the pain, Jesus isn't present. We can't see him. We can't hear from him or gain his perspective. Jesus is not with us, it seems. In our pain, how do we respond to the absence of Jesus? The, the big idea of John chapter 14 is that in our pain, we should trust Jesus and see his presence with us. We are going to see three quick commands and three truths of Jesus' presence. So let us read our passage um, this is what the word of God says, John chapter 14, verse 1 to 14. I read from the ESV, follow me as I read God's word. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If they were not, if they were not, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, 
do you, do you know you do know him and have seen him? Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do, do, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the, his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. So as I said, we see Jesus' three commands for their difficulty and his absence. With coming pain, with coming loss, and with Jesus' departure, the disciples will be discouraged. They will feel devastated. But, but Jesus speaks to their pain, and Jesus speaks to his absence. We'll see in John chapter 14, Jesus' three commands for their difficulty and his absence. The first command is found in verse 1, when he says, Let your hearts not be troubled. Let your hearts not be troubled. But how can they be at peace? How, how can they be calm? Uh, remember the, the, next couple, the next couple of days, right? The disciples will be devastated. Jesus will be arrested. He will be mocked. He will be beaten. He will be put on trial. And he will be crucified. He will die and be buried. The king will be dead. The disciples have a great reason to be concerned and confused. So what does Jesus say to their fears? How can they find peace in the midst of um, the, the, this uh, seemingly discouraging moment? The way for peace is found in the other commands, in the other two commands. In verse 1, believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus says he's on a level playing field with the Father. He, he says he's on, uh, on par with the Father. And Jesus says, in your pain, trust the Father and trust me. When difficulty comes, cling to the Father and cling to me. When I am gone, rest in the Father and rest in me. When I am not with you, believe in the Father and believe in me. Jesus puts his strength on par with the Father and says, trust me. This reminds me of the hymn, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You see, faith is a recognition that only Christ can hold you up. To, to, to put my faith in anything else but Christ will only result in disappointment. It will result in, in, in disappointment. All other ground is sinking sand. There is no other ground that can hold me up except Christ, the solid rock. So stand where there is strength. Place your faith where it's solid. 
put Jesus puts his strength on par with the Father. Jesus tells us that in our difficulty, we should trust in the Father and the Son. So when we see our pain and see Jesus' absence, is the answer just to trust Jesus? You see, is believing in Jesus all there is to it? In these verses, Jesus tells us of his presence. He tells us how he is with us and, and why we should trust him in difficulty. Our first truth is this. Jesus will be with us in eternal life. Jesus will be with us in eternal life. So in difficulty, Jesus gives hope. In loss, there's eternal life. And in his absence, there's his future presence. One day, Jesus will always be with those who believe. Let's see Jesus, Jesus describe his future presence here. In verse 3, Jesus says he will prepare a place for you. Well, when Jesus leaves, he's getting eternal life ready. He is putting the finishing touches on heaven. He's pulling out all the stops to get our hope ready. Eternal life is going to be, um, is going to be dressed to the nines uh, for those who, who believe. In verse 2, eternal life is described as a house with many rooms. We'll be with Jesus in a killer mansion. It, 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 it will be massive. It will be the best we've ever seen. There's room after room after room. There's space for all who believe in Jesus. In verse 3, Jesus says, I will come again and I'll take you to myself. When Jesus returns, all of his followers will join him in heaven. He, he, he's not gone forever. Things are not over. When Jesus returns, he will bring us to join him in eternal life. Believers, eternal life speaks to our pain. We can anticipate his future presence. But who goes to eternal life? Who, who gets access to Jesus' future presence? That This hope is exclusively found in Jesus alone. In verse 6, Jesus says, He's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way because he gives access to eternal life. He's how we go to eternal life. Jesus is the truth uh, God reveals. He's the way to eternal life because he's God's revelation of truth. Jesus is life, uh, is the life God gives believers. Jesus gives his life so we can have the way to eternal life. The way, the truth, and life are all about Jesus giving access to eternal life. Jesus builds on how he alone gives us eternal life in verse 6 again. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, access to eternal life can't be found in our efforts. It's not found in going to church, reading your Bible, following the rules, or being a good person. Access to eternal life can't be found in other religions. It can't be found in Islam. It can't be found in Shemba. It can't be found in IPCC. There aren't many paths 
to heaven. Eternal life is found in Christ and Christ alone. It's Jesus alone we must trust. Jesus alone gives access to his future presence. So eternal life provides Jesus' presence. In eternal life, Jesus is with us. But how does eternal life address the pain? How does Jesus' eternal, eternal presence speak to our trouble? It's because hope, listen to this carefully, hope impacts difficulty. Hope impacts difficulty. To, to illustrate how hope impacts difficulty, imagine a scenario here. You're sitting down, it's breakfast, suddenly the phone rings. It's an unknown number and you pick it up, you say hello. The voice on the other side say hello. This is, uh, you think about, uh, um, let me say Standard Bank, right? This is Standard Bank. We regret to tell you, um, it's your uncle, Petris. He has died. You respond, who? Uncle Petris. The bank informs you that Uncle Petris is actually Petris Mutsepe, the one of the richest men in South Africa. And Petris Mutsepe has left you five billion rands. What happens next? You drop your phone, your brand new phone. It lands in your cereal bowl. Your phone is fried. It can't work anymore. Now the question is, does this affect you at this moment? No, it doesn't. You, you've got an inheritance that is coming. You can lit- literally buy millions of phones. And you still have money left over, right? Hope impacts difficulty. On the way to the bank, you are driving and your, 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 your tire goes flat on your 2014 Toyota Etios. You are stranded next to your car. The question is, does this difficulty affect you? No, it doesn't. You are busy contemplating about the, 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 the best car you are about to buy, that you, you, you want to buy. You could face difficulty and be unfazed at that moment. You could even break a bone and still not stop smiling. Hope impacts difficulty. And Jesus' eternal presence should impact us. But how? How should eternal life impact our trouble? Let me encourage you to think of eternal life. Re- reflect on your eternal, on our eternal presence with Jesus. Contemplate what's to come. We, we, we could apply this um, to those in, 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 in their final year or to those who are struggling financially. We, we, we could look at our situation, um, whatever difficulty that we're going through, whether it be sickness, whether it be financial difficulty, whether it be old age, we could think that uh, our hope in Christ makes us look at our difficulty in a different way. Right? We, we, we see my uh, financial difficulty, my, uh, my sickness, my old age is not the final sentence. That, that Christ has prepared us a home. He is not ashamed to be called our God because he has prepared a home for us. So this first truth of Jesus' presence is that he will be with us in eternal life. What's the second truth of Jesus' presence? 
The, the second truth of Jesus' presence is that Jesus is with us. It means the Father is with us. Jesus with us means the Father is with us. In John chapter 14, Jesus' eternal presence is not enough for Philip. Philip wants more of the departing Jesus. Philip wants to see the Father to believe. In verse 8, he makes a request to the fa- to see the Father. Philip says to Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus gives us another truth of his presence. In verse 11, he says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. It's another claim of Jesus' deity. He is claiming equality with the Father. Jesus is in the Father. The Father is in Jesus. There's complete unity between the Father and Jesus. When Jesus is present, so is the Father. When Jesus is with us, so is the Father. So uh, how are Jesus and the Father one? How can Jesus' presence mean the Father's presence? This points us to the doctrine of the Trinity. The doctrine of the Trinity affirms three things. First of all, it is that there's one God, right? Only one God. There are not many gods. There are not three gods. There's one God. The second thing the doctrine of the Trinity affirms is that God is three persons. The three persons are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The third thing the doctrine of the Trinity affirms is that each person is fully God. The Father is fully God, the Son is fully God, and the Spirit is fully God. So in the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one. There's unity. This means that if Jesus is with us, the Father is with us. So let's look at what the openness of the Father and the Son mean for our loss. Let's apply this to relationship strains we are facing in this season. With COVID-19, friendships are strained. Old arguments have crept up. Friends and family refuse to speak. And in anger, we wonder, God, what are you up to? Won't you speak to me? Won't you tell me what are you doing? But if we are a believer and are facing uh, uh, broken relationships, we must reflect on who we know. Jesus is more than a good teacher, isn't he? He's more than a holy man. To believe in Jesus is to know God himself. As relationships break, you know God who flung galaxies into the sky. As friendships distance, you know God who formed the atom. As fights continue, you know God who filled the oceans, sky, and land with life. This is because we know Jesus, and Jesus is one with the Father. Jesus is with us. It means that the Father is with us as well. We should find comfort in that we know God himself. So the first truth is that Jesus will be with us in eternal life. Right? The second truth is that Jesus uh, with us means the Father is with us. What is the third truth of Jesus' presence? Why trust the departed Christ? The third truth of Jesus' presence is 
Jesus is with us through prayer. Jesus is with us through prayer. After Jesus' departure, he's going to do amazing things through his followers. Jesus, is, Jesus tells us of our part in his new season of work in verse 12. When he says, listen to this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do. Jesus says, my power will, will so move through my people that you'll do greater things than I, that I, have, done, than I have done. But how are we going to do greater things than what Jesus has done? You see, after Jesus ascended to the Father, just consider the incredible work that Jesus has done while on earth. Jesus only preached in Palestine. He preached only in Palestine. Jesus occasionally ministered to Gentiles. Jesus had a small reach, if you think about it. But while Jesus is in heaven, the gospel is reaching millions and millions of people. Some two billion people claim the name of Christ around the world. In other words, the gospel is transforming our world. Jesus is doing greater work through his suffering people. But how is Jesus doing these works? What's the power behind these great works? Well, Jesus tells us of this power in verse 13. He says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. You see, prayer is the power behind these greater works. Prayerful people is how Jesus performs these greater works. The disciples have deep and ending needs, but prayer provides from God's abundant and limitless resources. Jesus responds to our prayer. Jesus is with us in prayer, and we must pray. Jesus builds upon the power behind these great works. He builds on prayer's power in John chapter 14, verse 15 to 31. There you'll see Jesus' presence through the, the Spirit and how the Spirit works through God's prayer for people. But today, we'll focus on Jesus' presence through prayer. So if Jesus is with us in prayer, and if we are to, to, we are to pray in Jesus' name, how do we pray in Jesus' name? It's it certainly, and I must say this, it's certainly not a magical formula to get stuff, right? The fact that we should pray in Jesus' name, it does not mean that um, all of a sudden it's, a, it's an abracadabra kind of thing where we uh, snap our fingers and get stuff. We, we, we don't pray saying, dear God, I, I want a Lamborghini, please. So make sure it's lime green. In, in Jesus' name I pray. We, we don't do that. that. That's not what it means. Jesus never explicitly says what it means to pray in his name. But here are a couple of, here, here are a couple of my thoughts here. The, the first thing praying in Jesus' name means is to pray for God's purposes and desires. Our family doesn't believe. We pray for their conversion. We have conflict with other believers. We pray for spiritual growth. The sickness, we pray for God's glory through physical healing. In difficulty, we pray for God's purposes and desires. The, the second thing praying in Jesus' name means is to pray in humility. 
to pray in humility. In other words, God, we, we, we pray that God, not my will, but your will be done. We say, God, you know better. Your timing is better. Your way is better. In difficulty, we must pray humbly before God. This is what it means to pray in Jesus' name. So what does it mean if the departed Jesus is, is with us in prayer? In our suffering and difficulty, are we praying to our present Savior? In our loss and frustration, do we call out to a present Jesus? Consider this. If, Jesus, if God said yes to all your prayers in the past week, what would happen? If, if God answered all your prayers with a yes, the prayers that you prayed the past week, what would happen? Would our kids who have run from God profess faith? Would our loved ones who are sick be healed? Would our broken relationship find restoration through the gospel's power? Would the despair in our heart find healing? Prayer in Jesus, prayer is Jesus' means of working through his people. Are we praying as if Jesus will respond? In our difficulty, a departed Jesus is with us in prayer. In our struggle, he is always with us. We must pray. When Jesus calls us to trust in him, when Jesus tells us to hope in him, it's as applicable today as it was when Jesus first said these words. And yes, Jesus is departed, he ascended to heaven. But we can be assured, we can be confident that Jesus is preparing us, preparing for us eternal life with him. Yes, Jesus has gone to heaven. But we must remember who Jesus is. Jesus is one with the Father. Yes, Jesus is at the right hand of God. But Jesus' presence is with us in prayer. These are critical truths for troubled hearts. You see, anything you can look, anything else you can look to will ultimately disappoint. But Jesus will never fail. As that hymn that I quoted on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Where is your hope in these difficult and troubled times? May God bless your heart as you consider these solid truths from his word. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the hope that you offer us in your word. We, we thank you that we are not a people that are without hope. That we have Christ. That we have your promises. We have the assurance of your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that we can draw near to you. Thank you that we can trust in you and glorify you with our lives as we wait. And as we wait in this world, we pray, Lord, that you will be glorified. 
that you will be honored in our lives, that we will find hope in you always. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray.